Ben, we haven't done a podcast since the Oscar slap. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole it's been world... a couple of weeks, but it has been a mad couple of weeks, both in our personal lives and I think in the like industry. So we, I think we wanted to, because it's been about two weeks since we last recorded one, and I wanted we wanted to get one in pre-Oscars because those were mental. But then yeah. I ended up going on holiday, uh, yeah. which was planned, and I've literally <laughs> only just got back to Wi-Fi, which checking your emails after 10, 11 days off is a truly terrifying thing. Um, yes, especially with what we were just talking about off-air. Yeah, no, I had several important emails that I missed. Um but, and also the fact that Ben also thought he'd binned his visa. Thank gosh. Oh no, I did successfully bin a visa. Like, I had to r- rummage through my bins. What, outside bins? Yeah. I physically oh, took God. the bin bags outside. Thank fuck the r- rubbish day didn't come. Yes. Did you have a nice holiday, though? Great fun. Great fun. I'm How- still fucking knackered are you i feel like you're still like hungover slash jet lag slash slash just a bit out of it um and you've been back like four days yeah um i've been back like four days and my body is still not really happy with me um like when i say this is the first chance we've had to record i kid you not i've like been asleep for the last four days so and I kid you not, I've been the one like trying to record, which never happens. So that, that shows just how like, out of it Ben's been, bless him. But Ben, you're looking well, you're looking ready to go. And, you know, for once, we've both actually watched some of the same shit, mm. which is a bloody miracle. Um, this is the RTE Film Podcast. We are Jacob Dyer and a slightly bedraggled Ben Heath uh, today. Bedraggled? <laughs> What's you do the look word? A bit what? You just look a bit like worse for wear. Jacob, what's the word bedraggled actually mean? I don't actually know. Do you know what it means? No, I was just shocked. Like I was like, "There's no way Jacob knows what that means." Is well, you've heard of the word, haven't you? Hang on. Bedraggled means we've got there, tired and begravelled. Bedraggled. It means dishevelled. Do you know Did what dishevelled means, Jacob? No, I don't. That means untidy. <laughs> ben, I can see in the back of your room right now. It looks an absolute fucking tip. I cleaned so, my room. I actually cleaned I my room like wrong. two days ago. I was not wrong to refer to you as bedraggled whatsoever. That was quite an accurate description. Oh, I'm totally bedraggled. Anyway, Jacob, what have you been watching? Mate, uh, before I tell you what we've been watching, let's just, you know, let's talk about what's happened on the podcast today, because it is a good one. we got Better Nate Than Ever. Uh, is that meant to say Better Late, Ben? No, that, the title of the film is Better Nate Than Ever. But can you see why I thought it would be the Late? Main characters, you are, a bit, you the, are a bit bedraggled and you are dyslexic. So I was the, the main character's you. name is Nate. I mean, the plot of synopsis is literally like, it's four words after the title. Right. Uh, also going to be talking about New Night. We're going to be talking about some of the trailers that have dropped over the last couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about The Lost City. Uh, we're going to be talking about the news. I briefly want to talk about the slap as well at the Oscars because Ben's got an opinion on that. I don't know if Ben wants to talk about it, but I'm talking about it. I just think it's um, like a dead horse now. Well, we haven't done a podcast since, have we? Yeah, and I think we've kind of missed... The, like, 
Okay, let's talk about it now. Will Smith slapped Are someone. Are we a bit late to the party? We're a bit late to the party. It happened two weeks ago. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on live TV. Don't hit people, it's wrong. I think that's all there's left to say on that. And you think Will Smith should have got kicked out? Yeah, I think on a, on a completely legitimate note, I think security should have kicked him out that night. Like, just how... If you went up to someone in a nightclub or a comedy club and you slapped them, you'd be kicked out. You would. So, like, I don't know why he wasn't taken out by security. I think it's that's a weird double standard. But that's all I have to say on this. Like, everyone... Hey, let's move on. That's, let's move on. We've had so many bad takes on the slap. <laughs> um... Also, Ben, on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and we have both watched it, which mm. I'm buzzing about. Um, but, Ben, my main thing that I've been watching this week has been this. I said I was going to review it. It's called Love in the Flesh. It's on BBC Three. It's on BBC iPlayer. It's a brand-new dating show hosted by Zara McDermott, and basically the premise is quite simple. Uh, a load of couples that have never met in the flesh that have been talking online for X amount of time. They get chucked in a beach house together. And basically, the whole show follows whether love in the flesh is stronger than love online because they also bring in some people that have never spoken to these people online before just to, you know, spice things up a little bit. Ben. But Ben, you've been watching this as well, right? I think I watched four episodes. Ben, that's good for you. That's good for you. That's quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, I was, like, just watching I mean, it's trashy bloody TV. <laughs> oh, it's so... It's... I it think it's addictive. less trashy than Love Island, though. Oh, yeah, there's more to it than Love Island, but that's not that hard. Right. Um, do I you also, enjoy the show? I do, I do. It's less one of the... You liked that there was a gay couple in it, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think representation's important. I... And I thought they did relatively... Good job with representation. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, it's, I, I think we're, we're about to talk about Fantastic Beasts anyway, but it's base level representation, I mean, there's not, yeah. they basically cast two bisexual women who didn't portray, um, who were kind of, not stereotypically like butch or what yeah what you would expect yeah like, and um, or how like, the media um portrays people which like. is yeah and that's like fine like cast however but you did run into the sticky territory of when you have straight guys hitting on them Yes, and like, especially when one of them repeatedly said she was gay and he continued to think he still had a chance with Yeah, her. and that's why you needed almost one more couple that was two guys in there, just because if there were, like, another LGBT couple in there, like, just add an extra two people in for numbers, wouldn't have affected the show massively, but it would have meant there would have been someone who would have seen that and went, dude, she's rejecting you, you're being a perv, Brandon. I think that's like, the case. <laughs> yeah, like, the poor, poor Shelby literally said, I'm gay, three times when he was hitting on her. 
And he did. And we only saw her say it three times. She probably said it a damn lot more. Like, um, also, I think Zara McDermott did an exceptional job as host. I liked how she was more personal. I'm going to compare it to Love Island, but she was a lot more personal than Laura Whitmore. Um, because in this, you could tell Zara had a genuine connection slash interest in the contestants. Like, she'd go into the villa and chat to them and see how it's going and things. And I just thought that was a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I think it works mildly better for her because she's... Well, I don't want to say she's famous. Like, she's known off for Love Island. Um, yeah. That's, if she didn't do Love Island, she would not do this show. Um, <laughs> no, probably not, no. It's the whole Molly May thing. You know how brother might be going on the new Love Island? I did see that on Snapchat. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even like I, I saw, like, oh, Love Island brother, and I was like, fucking hell, this is... Uh, no, <laughs> like, yeah, like, she's good, she's talented, but, like, I swear you said you don't like it when people off Love Island get TV and radio gigs just because they've been on Love Island because they haven't done the hard work. I said that about one person, um, and I don't know if I actually said it on the podcast, did I? You either said it on the podcast or in one of our pre-podcast chats. Yeah, I... She's changed my mind on this. It was more the fact that I don't like people that are already in the presenting industry getting overlooked overlooked in space of like a reality star. Mm. That's what I don't like. Um, however, to be honest with you, there's a real lack of young female presenters. Mm-hmm. There's many more male young male presenters. There is a real lack of young female presenters, unfortunately. I think because lots of the young female would-be presenters go into reality TV. Yeah, um, I think that's fair to say. I think it's more... Le- and influencers, like, I think that's a more lucrative... But well. she has done other stuff as well. Like, she got into... She used her platform to create... Mm. She's on two BBC Three documentaries. They're really insightful, really. I know schools are showing them now. One's about revenge porn. Um, one's about like, rape culture. And they're incredible watches. But so I feel like she to... has already earned her position as a presenter. Go on. Didn't she used to work for the government? Or is... She did used to work for the government. That's me remembering how little I remember off that Love Island season. Yeah. She wasn't even relevant on Love Island, though. That's no. the thing. Like, she wasn't. <laughs> No, she literally she went up early. She no, she was not even in there very long at all. Mm. No, because she was be... in there for like a week before Casserable. Which was this is a really weird tangent, but one of the Love Island stars was it Amy who dated the brother, the dancer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She like has ended up on like Question Time and's been interviewed in Parliament a couple of times. Like, that's the mental career jump off Love Island. And same with Alex, who's, like, now an ambassador appointed by the Prime Minister for mental health. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, like, some of them have, like, legit serious careers off Love Island, and you're like, how the fuck did this happen? And I love how Wes Nelson's now, like, a singer. I'm like, okay, sure. I'm blanking on who that is, and quite frankly, I'm not... Ben, let's get away from Love Island for a bit. What have you been watching? Oh my gosh, I've just read it. I've also watched the first episode and I bloody love it. But Ben, have you watched more than the first I've episode? I've watched the first two. 
The second one is even more mental. It's basically... We are on about Gordon Ramsay's future food stars. It's on BBC. It's amazing. Yeah, I reckon what happened was the commissioners at the BBC went, we want to do a new series that's exactly the same as The Apprentice and we have a deal with Gordon Ramsay. And they they co- haven't done stuff with Gordon for a little while, though, like a cooking show, because he was in over in the States. He did a quiz show for them, like, a year no, ago. What? Well, yeah, I don't... Well, it was panned. It was a pants TV show. But yeah. um, I think they may have a UK deal with him. Because um, they have a deal with his daughter, don't they? So I was assuming it might yeah. be... I think it might be a working extension. Um, right. Or something like that. He's, like, coming into the brand. Um, but, um, yeah, basically, if you haven't watched it, you've got, like, 12 people who want to work in the food and drink industry, and Gordon Ramsay sticks them through a series of ridiculous tasks, like The Apprentice, to work out who's the best. I mean, the show opens with Gordon Ramsay jumping out of a plane into the ocean, and then making these people who... I'd like to remind you, you want to work in the food industry. He makes them jump off a cliff. Like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to this show. Um, <laughs> it's a bit nuts. The second episode truly takes the nuts levels to a different proportion. There are a couple of moments when you just were expecting him to go, and he didn't. Like, he seems restrained for this show. Ah, uh, because having watched the American. Hell's Kitchen and Kitchen Nightmares. He's very much goes ape shit, but I feel like for the BBC and for the UK, actually, he does mm. tone his act down. I, there must be like an Ofcom rule, but no, I yeah. I think there's a ridiculous amount of fun watching Gordon Ramsay just turn up on like a quad bike or a water. I mean, I think he's great. Oh, I think he's charismatic, and he's also just showing off this whole time. This whole show, it's hilarious. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm really rich. I'm going to fly on a plane. I'm going to ride a quad <laughs> bike. I'm going to be on a motorboat. This is like two episodes in. He's He like fillets some salmon blindfolded. Like he's showboating to the max here. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, if you like The Apprentice I... and you like Gordon Ramsay, which is like two things I quite like, it's, it's a good show. I, I can't wait to go watch the second episode. That's what we're going to do right after this. Wait uh, for them ben... to serve... They serve honey to vegans. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yes, come on. Like um, an well, animal that famously comes from bees. Yes, Ben, I know that. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> I'm sure... I like was saying sorry. I was like, go on, Ben. <laughs> And Ben just goes, an animal that famously comes from bees. It's not an animal, oh, it's a... Oh, what is it? Is oh, it a food? Is it, honey a food? Is it a drink? Is it a liquid? It's like in the weird mixture. Yeah, but it still comes from bees and is consumed. Yeah. I wasn't denying this. It's like milk. I was wondering, is honey food or a liquid? Or a drink. Yeah, that is a liquid. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's more like a sauce, though, isn't it? Because it's like, you don't So a liquid. It. Like a sauce. You don't drink ketchup, do you? Yeah, but I'd say ketchup's a liquid. Is honey a solid or a liquid, essentially, is what um, 
It's a liquid. Mm. I feel like we were both trying to prove the same point there, but like said it differently. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, Ben, yesterday we both saw Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Do you know what the reaction generally has been about this film? Because I have no idea. So it's not released stateside yet. Um, Is it not? Wow, okay. It's coming out stateside on Friday. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. Um, also, with this film, and I think we're going to have to address this head on, while J.K. Rowling's still alive, and while Johnny Depp is still alive, and while Ezra Miller is in the film, it's impossible to separate the political moments of all three of them while they're still alive from the film. Like, J.K. Okay, I'm just going to say this straight up. J.K. Rowling is not a good screenwriter. She's a mediocre novelist and a pants at writing films. Um... Because the Fantastic Beasts films are the only films she's ever wrote. And the first two are terrible. And I think the third one is an improvement because they brought in the guy who wrote the Harry Potter films to help her. Which means it actually has a plot. Not not a lot of plot. Not a lot of character development. This is very It's still middle. a bit bloody random, isn't it? There's, it? It's the third film of five. I don't think they're going to make four and five because I think this film is going to make no money. Um, because of the politics. Because J.K. Rowling is completely, like, she's tarnished the brand. Yeah. What, uh, what about Ezra Miller, though? We know what Johnny Depp's done. What's oh, he's Ezra just Miller? arrested. Like, Yeah, but what's he got? Is he in this film? He's the long-haired guy. Um, Credence. Oh, yeah. Credence, yeah. Mm. And he also plays The Flash, doesn't he? Yes. What's in he been f- arrested for? We know. Um, I think assaulting a police officer doing karaoke in Hawaii was the headline. Um, he just so asked, he's having a tough time at the moment. Um, but no, like midlife crisis. Yeah, on a on a genuine note, this film's going to make no money because J.K. Rowling has tarnished the franchise um, for two reasons. Firstly, um. The second film, the second Fantastic Beasts film, which she wrote, was terrible. I mean, I liked the second one. I didn't like the first one, but I did like the second one. But yeah. Can you explain why you liked the second one? Just Because I liked all the, like, it was more Harry Potter-like than the first one. The first one, I was like, what the fuck is this? The second one I enjoyed because it had Dumbledore, it had Nagini, it had Nicholas Flamel. I really enjoyed it. Really nostalgic, really interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, you, you, what, uh, Ben, you you asked me why I enjoyed it. I've told you why. You can't then disagree with me f- for why, because I can tell that's what you're about to do. I can tell. So don't, because I've just told you why no, I enjoyed no, it. No, I'm. those are the positives of the second film. Yeah. And I told you I'd enjoyed it, and I just told you why I enjoyed and it. And from my perspective, I, li- I watched I the second film. I yeah. watched the second film about five o'clock. Yeah, on and you the, saw that yesterday. Like, on the day of the thing, and you the, saw it yesterday. Like 10, yeah. And I watched the third film about ten in the evening, so that's about five hours. I'd completely forgotten the second film in the course of that five hours. Like, that's... it's very what the fuck are you watching? Even with the third one, it, it's it's not straightforward, is it, Ped? I don't think. 
I think it's the... I like this film before it's yeah. up. And I think there's some really great things. But I do think it's kind of... It's like a solid blockbuster. It's David Yates is an accomplished director. He can make things look stylish. He did it a... looked very aesthetically pleasing. Oh, yeah. The first Fantastic Beasts won two Oscars for costume and production design. This It's the same kind of quality visually as the franchise is. Um, the fights have come on so much better since Harry Potter as well. The one fights. Yeah, but I was thinking, because when, like, in the films, because Harry Potter's a child, he, like, says the spells out loud. But now yeah. it's adults, and I like watching adult wizards, but the adults aren't saying the spells out loud. But sometimes they are, like for the, for the Cruciatus curse. Yeah, which I think kind of makes it look a bit... It's and like, oh, they're just firing me? light. What bothers me is that this film is about flashbacks to Grindelwald and Dumbledore as kids. I would literally like to see it play out on screen, those flashbacks. I really would. And Harry Potter is famous for like watching a character literally grow up on screen and it's done so well considering the oh, main yeah, character. They should the have child. done They should have done it from when they were kids, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should have done the Grindelwald Dumbledore at like four, 16, 17. I think yeah, the reason they didn't they do that story is because it's I'm covered... annoyed they didn't. I think they probably didn't because it's covered quite a lot in the back end of the books. Um, but, yeah. So I think they may have not wanted to re-step over established law, which they've decided to do anyway now. Um, I will yeah. say, though, the love affair between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, like the scene quite at the end when they had their wands at each other and they were looking at each other's eyes and there was physical contact, that I had goosebumps. Like, there was sexual tension in this film. And for the first time ever, something proper, properly, like, gay characters actually being shown on screen in the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, I mean, you could argue it's what arguably the most gay a blockbuster franchise has got. Yeah. Um, which is kind of sad because the limits of... Still not, it still isn't gay enough. Yeah, the limits of this is, like, we're celebrating a moment of two characters touching and locking eyes. Like... But I even think little kids are just going to think, oh, they loved each other as friends. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm kind of... Part of me is like, why not? Like, this film's going out. Why not go out in style and do a full-on sex scene? (laughs) And also, like, an even bigger part of me is like, if you do that sex scene, why don't you do it in present day? Like... They should have worked that in somehow. But no, I think it's... It's given them space to go. Like, they're working to a kiss safely. It's tentative steps. And also... Let's talk about some other diversity they've got. Yeah, so... Who's your favourite character in this film? I'm hoping it's the same one as mine. Mine's Grindelwald, so no, it's not. Oh, shall we talk about Grindelwald and then we'll talk about my favourite? Yeah, was it Mad? How do we say his name? Mads Mikkelsen. Smashed it. So good. They should have. He was better than Depp. He was better than Depp. Yeah, they should have. I wish they kept the white hair 
Not because it looks good, but for consistency. I mean... But he was very, very, very good. Yeah, so firstly, they should have cast Mads Mikkelsen four years ago. Like, not even an argument there. Um, he's He was even... He was probably even a safer bet casting him than Johnny Depp four years ago. Because four years ago, Johnny Depp wasn't particularly popular. His career had slid by time. Um, yeah. They would have been safer. Or they should have just kept Colin Farrell around from the first one. Um, but I think Mads Mc- he's effortless. And he is charming. Have they changed this actor now three times? Yeah, like- technically we've had like three different Grindelwalds. And that's in each Fantastic Beast film, right? Yeah, because Colin Farrell turned into Johnny Depp in the back end of the first one. Yep, and Johnny Depp, he didn't even speak, did he? I think he had, like, two lines. Right. Um, and, and then there's also a different person that plays him multiple times in Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Was Grindelwald in the Harry Potter films? Yeah, he is, he is. He's uh, the person that steals the wand from Gagorovich's wand shop and then Voldemort goes to him no, in the prison. No, because Grindelwald's dead by the... No, he's not. He's in the he's in the prison. He's in Azkaban and Voldemort goes and kills him. He goes, ah, Tom, I knew you'd come. It lies with him, of course. No, that's Dumbledore. the wand person, isn't it? No, it's not. The one person he's already interrogated and Harry's rescued from... Uh, Malfoy Manor. Oh shit, why did I think Dumbledore killed Grindelwald? He does, does kill Grindelwald. No, no, Voldemort kills Grindelwald. Dumbledore puts him in prison. I'm right, Ben, I'm right. I know. Oh, I'm yeah, right. no. I'm, I'm, I'm having to Google me. I've Googled it, I've Googled it. I thought he died, like, I thought... He, no, I thought that was where... Oh, that's naff now. I thought the franchise was working towards Voldemort Dumbledore killing him. <laughs> That's really naff. You never knew that, did you? To be fair, they do look similar, the wand guy. In all fairness, the thing about Harry Potter I found out is I think the franchise is kind of quite forgettable. Like What? No, I like all the films. And I think they're enjoyable. But I think they're kind of, like, good in the moment and I can re-watch them as much as possible... But I don't think about them. I do. I watch theories on them and everything, so I love them. I am aware you're you like properly love them. I think I'm a bit more. I think I think you are a lot more compared to me. Ben, let's talk about your favourite character. I loved. Okay, firstly, I love Jessica Williams as a comic. Anyway, if you haven't seen Booksmart, um, watch her in that as like a teacher who starts turns up to the parties with the teenagers. Um, but her new addition as the companion Miss Hicks was phenomenal. I just thought one of the things I actually like about this film is I think lots of the characters and probably more, not Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but I think Eddie Redmayne's Newt. I think Jessica Williams' Miss Hicks. I I don't like Newt as a character. I like the actor, but I don't like the character. I think Dan Vogel's Jacob Kowalski. I think Queenie, but to a lesser extent in this film, I think all of these characters are, like, funny without being gimmicky. Like, I think right. they're all kind of charming and charismatic characters 
who say I really the funny walk, lines. The walk, do you know, like the Beatle Crabby walk they yeah. were doing? That was quite funny. Yeah, I thought that was People funny. People were laughing out loud at that moment. Yeah, and that moment's funny without being naff, which is really yeah. difficult to do because in a Marvel film, and I do prefer Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore to most Marvel films, they'll be like, oh, we're going to stop for a joke here that doesn't really fit. Whereas here, the joke kind of felt more natural, which, for me, lightened the thing. Because you don't need to be laughing at loud in a, out loud in a blockbuster, but you add a bit lightened it. Like, I thought that's what Jessica Williams' Miss Hicks was brilliant at. She just kind of and lightened I loved it. a diverse cast as well. Oh, yeah, and, like, seeing, like... Because I think she's probably one of the first... Well, she's the first, like, black witch or wizard we've seen have a prominent role in the franchise. Yeah. Um, which I kind of feel like needs acknowledging. Because... Right. There was the line, it was when they were in the banquet and Krowski was like, I feel uncomfortable in these sort of situations. And he said it to Miss Hicks, who's like a black woman in a room full of white men. And I felt like they didn't touch upon that line. It was implied, but you almost needed her to go, really? You could have said something like, really? How do you think I feel? Yeah, I think it needed like that. It needed, like, you needed to mention the, like, you do need to mention the fact that the Wizarding World's hilariously effing white. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I do think this film was going in the right direction. I, I, I enjoyed it. Do you want to see another one? Yeah, because they can't just leave it here. Like, they've got to re- redeem it somehow. Do you think we're going to see another one on a different note? I mean, didn't they originally say there was going to be eight? That's never going to fucking happen. I think it's gone to five now. And I think, to be honest, they'll be looking at doing it in four. I wonder if they'll just be like, yeah, that was a mistake. Um... I, I don't think... I think one thing's for certain. I don't think J.K. Rowling's going to be involved in Harry Potter in any form going forwards. Consider- I mean, I don't know, dude. So I really cons- don't know. Considering she's not advertising or doing any publicity for this film... She which, wasn't even in the reunion, was she? No, like, Warner Bros. have full-on cut ties with her because she's saying some absolutely horrific shit. Um, yeah, like I don't think I honestly don't think you could trust her to write a script at this point because I don't think you could trust her to not do something transphobic in there because she's so done the route. I wonder if Warner Brothers do another film and I could see them doing this if this film doesn't do well. I could yeah. almost guarantee the next Harry Potter or Fantastic Beasts or time in the wisdom world will have a trans character in and i'd be here for that oh i would be so here for it as well but i could see them like you know rectifying what jk rowling's done a bit of a oh fuck you (laughs) because because she is single-handedly her politics have definitely made a massive dent in the franchise's box office yeah for sure Um, Ben, before we wrap up this review, I do want to say that I think this film has too many characters, um, which actually I can see you've written as well. I think the whole Queenie being bad um, 
they literally just kind of like that happened last film, but it was completely irrelevant this film. Yeah, I felt like both Queenie and Tina were done dirty in this film. They were, they were so irrelevant. Um, but this is the issue now. There's too many characters. Uh, there's too many subplots, which Ben, I can see you've written here. Um, and I thought um, Jude Law did a great Dumbledore. Jude Law did a great Dumbledore, but I don't think. I don't think he had any force through the film. He I've, didn't command the stage. I feel like Dumbledore has, is not a... As a character, and this is because that's the way he was originally wrote, he's a character who's setting people up to go and do the big mission. You know? Yeah. That's how it, that's his role in the Harry Potter films. But in this, I feel like it should be him, man. Yeah, but I feel like his character maybe doesn't work if you push him to the big shot shoot like because he's he doesn't get involved like he doesn't get involved the whole idea in, in the harry potter thing they literally in a deleted scene the philosopher's stone it's like dumbledore is best known for his uh dark wizard like encounter with grindelwald defeating grindelwald like, yeah it's we... acknowledged in the books yeah um, have you read the books I've listened to the audio books. Same, same, same commitment as I've done. Um, which is better for us dyslexics, right? Yeah, I mean, I could read the books. I mean, they're not complicated books. Because um, I was thinking, because um, we can segue into the news off this, because it's a bit of news that's come out today that I didn't put in the notes. But, and I'm just going to check his name. It's on Twitter, number one. The new... Love how we spent 20 minutes talking about Harry Potter. Ben, before you before you get into that, though, I just want to say, this whole, like, um, Creedich being a Dumbledore, that wasn't fucking, like, smoothly written, was it? No, and it was kind of smoothly written out as well. Um... And then Albus, I in the Harry Potter, he fell out with his bro- brother. Albus fell out with, um, oh, fucking hell. Uh, uh, Abathoth. Over the fight that happened that killed the sister, but then they're still friends after this. I Weird. think they've recovered Weird. by this point. Um, but I was thinking, and on a last J.K. Rowling note, because Emma Watson has been coming under a lot of strict, and I'm transitioning this into the news, so this is going to be very sophisticated or awful. Um, but Emma Watson has come under a lot of stick recently because she's supported the trans community by... Tufts, um, and they've said she should be grateful for J.K. Rowling for handing her the role and should not speak out against her. But I was thinking, without the success of the Harry Potter films, the Harry Potter books would not be seen as such classics, and they would probably be seen in the same vein as the Percy Jackson books, and yeah. they would be, and J.K. Rowling would be seen in the same vein as Rick Ryden not a genius um and this transition is because today the percy jackson series has officially cast its new lead in walker scoble um who you may have seen uh, he played young ryan reynolds in the adams project brilliantly i think from what i remember of the percy jackson books which it's been a 
long time since I read them. Like, like eight years minimum. Ten. Ten years. Ten years. Let's let's go with that. Um, and I think he'll be a good lead. I think he'll be better than Logan Lehman, who played them in the original films. Plus, can I just say that segue was fucking sick? I know. <laughs> I know. It's because it's a point I've been thinking through. Because I, I did think about this. Like, J.K. Rowling would be, and I always want to say it. So, yeah, I think it's a brilliant piece of casting because it's kind of, it can be a breakout role from someone who we know can do it. Um, also, the Percy Jackson show, that's going to be good. I mean, I should listen to the audiobooks because I don't know anything about Percy Jackson. Um, I also, just think it has, the, it has the like capacity to be a massive, massive TV show. Yeah, do you know what it's coming out on? Disney Plus. I'm Australian then. Disney Plus, okay. Is it going to be on Disney, Star on Disney Plus? Probably. No, it's going to be Disney, Disney. Oh, do they own it now? No, I mean I think it's a it's a children's like it's a family property. It'll be like Game of Thrones without the sex and nudity. Yeah. Okay. Um, also in the news this week, Pennywise from It Is Now the Crow. That's yep. what you've written. Them so Bill Skars- Bill Skarsgård, who plays um, Pennywise um, in the It franchise, is starring in a reboot of The Crow. Um, which has been the 1994 film that famously had Brandon Lee die during shootings. Quite a good film, all things considered. They're rebooting it. Bill Skarsgård's attached. Whether this will ever make it to a final film, we don't know, because Jason Momoa was attached for like 5, 10 years. They've been working on it for about 16 years. It's one of those things that we get announcements ever since, and it's been a slow news day. Um, With the second story... So, yeah. Better Call Saul yeah. is coming out season six. Is coming out recent, next in a couple of weeks' time. I think I don't watch the show. But the Breaking Bad spin-off has officially, they've announced that Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, played by Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, are returning. Which, if you're a Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul fan, this is big news. If you're like me, this is like, okay. <laughs> okay, I love that. Okay. Um, no, also, I know they're the... very acclaimed performances. Both of them won multiple Emmys for the roles. They're what made Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. So it'll be cool to see them again in back or so. Um, also in the news, Obi-Wan Kenobi got put back a couple of days to May the 27th. But to make up for it, we are getting the first episode and the second episode at once. Yeah, and I think they've pushed it back to the Friday releases, and I think it's yeah, because... Which I think is better. I do as well, for less for Obi, um, but I think it's better for Miss Marvel, which Disney have also invested a shit ton of money in, that's being released on a Wednesday that would have been... It would have been week one of Miss Marvel would have clashed with week four of Obi-Wan, so they would have had a couple of episodes playing out at the same time. But now I mean, you've got... I would personally, I'd like to put Kenobi on May the 4th. Yeah, that would have been way cooler, but what... what That's what they did with that batch. Yeah, and May the 4th on Wednesday is Moon Knight. I think Moon Knight will still be going on then, but 
They could have done one off May the 4th and then, you know, May the 6th or whatever onwards. Yeah, or, like, Moonlight would have been... Actually, let's count the Moonlights. One, two, three, four... Five, six. So it would have it would have been Moonlight. We do plan our podcasts. It would have been Moonlight's final episode. So actually, they could have double barreled it. So you watch the final of Moonlight in the beginning of Obi Wan, and then you have the chanting because you keep people watching. Like you, that's what I'd have done. I I actually agree with you on that. I think Disney Plus. Oh, and, thank you. Disney Plus. For business. Yeah, and then maybe. Maybe they should have even opened Moonlight a week earlier so they could launch Obi Wan on May the fourth. You don't need. That's what I'm done. Mm. I think. Um, then what else has gone on this week? Are we into the reviews now? So yeah, Snope. We've got a bit of fast ten news as we already had Jason Momoa joining the cast. We knew that he's going to be the big bad. This is the Fast and Furious. Yes. Franchise. But for Fast Ten Part One and Fast Ten Part Two, The Rock refused to return. So, Vin Diesel's went out and got Jason Momoa, he's got Brie Larson, Captain Marvel herself, and Charlize Theron's returning. This cast is getting more and more stacked because I think everyone just wants to be in one before it goes. I want a musical. I want Fast and Furious 10.5 to have a musical number. What, like See You Again? No, like an old-fashioned Singing in the Rain style musical number. (laughs) You're just absolutely bedraggled, aren't you, Ben? <laughs> no, in in my defence, they've gone to space. There's not much more that this franchise can do that wouldn't shock me. Ben, talk to me about The Lost City. So, this film, its latest film in cinemas, uh, it stars Sandra Bullock as Loretta Sage, a reclusive author who spends her time writing new novels. And anyway, eccentric billionaire, played by Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter fame, hires her to search for some ancient lost treasure that's in her latest story because she writes adventures. And Loretta Sage, Sandra Bullock, along with her cover model, Alan, played by Channing Tatum, end up in the jungle running away from evil Daniel Radcliffe for two hours. Um, This film is a brush of fresh air. It's fun. I saw it's... the story then. I saw the trailer for this for Fantastic Beasts uh, during the Fantastic Beasts. It looks bloody great. I wanted to go oh, watch this. Oh, it's funny. It's fun. It's light. It's breezy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I think it's kind of... It feels like 1980s films like Romance and Stones, but also... I got Jumanji vibes a bit. Yeah, also it has kind of the screw... Oh, I set my alarm for 11. It also has, like, the screwball banter between Bullock and Tatum. They're both, arguably, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum are two of our last movie stars, and it's great to see them firing on all cinemas. Brad Pitt's in it as well, isn't he? Brad Pitt's in it in a kind of smaller supporting role. They just... Mad, mad cast. Oh, it's a great cast. Adam Nee and Aaron Nee, who are the directors, they balance the action, the comedy, the romance... it sings. Um, Are we going to say best Daniel... Because I really want to go watch this. Is it the best Daniel Radcliffe film he's been in since Harry Potter? No, because that's Swiss Army Man, where he plays a dead farting corpse. Um, genuinely. Okay. Um, 
Daniel Radcliffe loves picking weird things and he's just having the time of his life in this film. Um, which, it's not reinventing the real, but it's a fun popcorn flick that meshes with genres and there's some good jokes. And it's easy watching. Um, and actually, in a world where it's all about Marvel or Star Wars or Harry Potter... It's quite nice to see a film that's not based off on an existing IP get made and have the faith in. Do you think this is going to have a sequel? Or do you think it's a standalone film? I would bet that it's going to have a sequel. It's done. Its box office has been solid enough. I imagine it's been better than Fantastic Beasts. No. not Well, you can't compare them yet because The Lost City hasn't rolled out internationally as much and Fantastic Beasts hasn't hit the States as much. Um, but I think Lost City won't make the same amount of money. It will be like a solid mid-level hit, and then once it goes to streaming in the auxiliary market, it'll turn a profit and they'll make a new one. Exciting. Exciting. Um, Ben, should we talk about the trailers? Yes, let's. Russian Doll, season two, that trailer has dropped. Yep, so this is the Natasha Lee. Is it the creepy one about Russian dolls? So it's the original, the first season saw Natasha Leone um, being stuck in a time loop every day. It was like a fun, weird Groundhog Day thing that they actually managed to rather successfully keep going for eight episodes. The second season, she's seemingly travelling not just in one time loop, but forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards uncontrollably. It's a dark comedy from the mind of Amy Poehler um, and Natasha Leon. It's funny. Um, the trailer didn't give that much away. We know Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek is joining the cast for season two. And it has been... The first season was one of Netflix's best comedies over the last few years. So maybe it will be a massive... It could be really great. Or it could just be a show that should have only done one season. It sounds potty. Oh, it's mental. Like, it's it's trippy. Top Gun, Maverick, the trailer for that, has dropped this week as well. Yep, so it was just like another trailer for it. Um, We've seen a lot of Top Gun trailers. Did you get a Top Gun trailer before your screening of Harry Potter? No, I did get a Star Trek one, though. You got a Star Trek trailer before your Harry Potter? I did. Which? Was that, like, Picard? I don't know. Okay, anyway, I got Top Gun before my Harry Potter last night. Um, You've got to remember, I watched it in a cinema that's only accessible to members of the armed forces and the community. Oh, yeah. But even so, I would have imagined they would have... Because Top Gun's a big blockbuster. I got there halfway through the trailers, Ben. Oh, yeah, so it might... It, arguably, that could have been the first trailer they put on. Okay, well, I definitely got a Star Trek one. Anyway, Top Gun Maverick. It's Top Gun. Like, what? We've seen trailers for it. It looks good. It looks slick. Like, it looks Tom Cruisey. Yeah. It looks Tom Cruisey. Love that. Love that. So it's come on the RTE Film Podcast today. We're going to be talking better Nate than ever. Got it right then. Uh, but right now, Ben, Moon Knight. The latest Marvel TV show. We have a lot of these. Um, there is. I feel like it, the, 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 there's so much on this podcast 
that is just Marvel or Star Wars or Disney. Disney Plus are dominating right now. Yeah, now can we all talk about how shit Netflix has been recently? There's been nothing. We've got and Amazon Prime. What the fuck are they doing? Uh, no, Amazon have had like Reacher. They got Clark's Farm. They've got like Reacher and they've got Maisel and they've got Upload. Amazon's competing far better than Netflix is at the moment. Um, for like the Jack Reacher series was big. We just didn't talk about it. It also kind of depends when we record these because we record once every two weeks, so some stuff we just inevitably miss. But I mean, it's meant to be once every week. But yeah. you know, we we do have lives, believe it or not. But no, like I surprise some of you. Um. I just genuinely tend to pick what looks like is the biggest budget. Um, but no, Moon Knight, which is on Disney+, Plus, um, it sees Stephen Grant as Os- uh, Oscar Isaac as Stephen Grant, who hears voices and has wicked dreams, um, and soon discovers he shares a body with a mercenary named Mark Skepta. It's based uh, off the Marvel character, um, who's basically an assassin and there's multiple personalities. And we've all seen the trailer where Oscar Isaac does that terrible English accent where he's like, I don't know the difference between my waking life and my dreams. Um, that was incredibly creepy, but I hope that's what you were going for. It is kind of what he goes for. Um, I do always enjoy exploring a different element of the Marvel world. Um like particularly when it's complete two personalities yeah yes and it's quite nice to see one that's not linked into the other universe and it's completely viewed on its own terms i just felt like the pacing of the show was a bit off and um the first episode was really exciting and thrilling but the second episode i feel like slowed down and i don't think it knows where it's going um and it's, I don't know if there's going to be a season two. It just, for me, it's like, it's trying to be different and it's trying new things. And I commend it for that. But I'm just like, yeah, it's another Marvel thing. I'm quite numb to them. Funny on the podcast. Better Nate than ever. <laughs> better Nate than ever. <laughs> Let's talk about better Nate than ever. Better late than never. So, this film is so, so sweet and charming. Uh, it's on Disney+. Plus and luck, it's, I think it's one of Disney's saviours. Because, Jacob, are you aware of the whole Disney... How Disney have managed to get right in the heart of the Florida Don't Say Gay controversy? I have heard things, whispers. Anyway, it's quite, it's quite nice on Disney+. Plus. You have a film that's like... Clearly LGBT, but sophisticated storytelling, as it sees 13-year-old Nate Foster, who's an unpopular Midwestern kid who wants to be on Broadway, um, who can't get a role in his middle school drama production, but he just decides to like go up to New York and audition for a role in Lilo and Stitch the Musical without telling his parents, and he has like a fun New York adventure. Um, it's oh, smart. Does he get the role? Well, that's a spoiler. Um, it's it's based off Tim. Oh, hard to tell me what it was. It's predictable. The film's predictable. Like as much as I'm saying it's a spoiler, we all know what the ending's going to be. It's I mean, based. It'd be quite a dull movie if he didn't. <laughs> it's directed by Tim Fidel uh, and also based off his first debut novel. 
He did the High School Musical, the musical, the series, the long title show for Disney Plus. Um, and it's very much the same, like, theatre kid vibes. It's even got the guy from High School Musical, the series, who dated Olivia Rodrigo. He's in it as, like, a mean older brother who turns out to love his younger brother. Um, That's how you called it, Olivia Rodrigo. I don't give a shit about music. And I don't... I, I haven't watched the High School Musical, the series, the Whatever Jig. Um, so, but no, it's funny, it's smart. I think it's really good for the whole family. I think it's sophisticated LGBT storytelling. It has some good musical numbers. Um, it makes your heart go. Your, your heart's going to be fuller by the end of it. Or maybe that was just mine. I think the central character of Nate is such a winner. He's so himself, and he's quirky, and he's empathetic, and it's whimsy, but still being grounded. It's whimsical, while still feeling grounded in reality. I think it's a genuine knockout of a film that I don't think enough people are talking about enough. Um, I think, but I'm a massive fan. So Better Than Nate Than Ever would be my massive recommendation for the week, and it's on Disney Plus for free, so you've already paid for it. Then you are looking even more bedraggled than when we started. Um, so let's better late than never, better Nate than never. I've keep getting that wrong with what I'm trying to say. Uh, let's wrap up the podcast there. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please do follow or subscribe. Please do give us a like, give us a five star review. Go to articulfilm.com to read all of Ben's bedraggled written reviews. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at articufilm. Without further ado, I've been Jake Barr. He's been Ben Heath. And we will catch you on the next one where Ben hopefully will be a little bit less bedraggled. And I will stop saying the word bedraggled now because I've only just... You know what, what we means. got the whole way through this podcast without talking about? About what? Oh my God, we did. Should we leave it there? Woo! Right, I know. Then. Catch you on the next one. In a bit, we're going to have to mention it twice. Yeah, make up for it. Bye.